Christmas be
Good afternoon, Crossroads. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you all for being here today. For everyone who's joining us online during this service, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please drop a line in the comments and let us know that you're joining us today. For everyone in the auditorium, would you please stand and worship with us?
guys can have a seat. Hey, I want to let you guys know that it's Christmas Eve here at Crossroads. Welcome. We're glad you guys are here. Yeah, we could clap. We got a lot of we got a lot of celebrate tonight. But hey, listen, I just want to let you guys know. Hey, guys, come on back out here. I'm pulling you back out here. Come on. Guys, we love our band. Listen, they are phenomenal. And I want to introduce I want to introduce some of our band. So listen, this is my my brother from another mother. This is Kyle Bradley. He makes me feel small. Uh, Kyle Bradley. This is Skylar Haddon. Can we thank God for Skylar? Crystal Retger. James Lytle. We got Kyle Beckinger in the back on drums. And then Reagan Allen on keys. Right, Reagan? All good. But guys, can we thank God for our band? I love that they're leading us in music and leading us in worship. We have so much to celebrate, and they're just kicking this afternoon off when we're celebrating all that we have in Christ. He is the greatest gift. And I want to share with you um, from the Word of God this afternoon is from Isaiah. And as we, uh, as we read this, I just want us all to focus in on what God has for us. Because he's going to teach us something, he's going to grow in us something, and I pray that he challenges us all to consider what is the greatest gift. So this is Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. As we read this, let's just, let's be intentional, let's focus in on what God's going to teach us this afternoon. It says in verse 6, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So for those who call Crossroads home, it's good to see you again. For those who are visiting, welcome. Uh, we love this place. And this is a special place to all of us, and we're glad you're making Christmas Eve here, uh, what you're doing tonight. We love that you're here. And if, for those who's joining us online, we're glad that you're joining us online. And listen, it's going to be a night of celebration. We have something to be very thankful for, and that's the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And so we're going to celebrate that. And as we continue on, would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Lord, thank you for uh, just those who are gathering here in the building, those gathering online, Lord. And we know that all across the world, people are celebrating Christ. God, we're no different here in Findlayville, Pennsylvania. God, we are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Lord, this, this afternoon as we, as we gather and as we sing and as we hear from your word, Lord, we... Um, we just ask that uh, this wouldn't just be another Christmas, that we wouldn't just move on, Lord, that we would make you a part of every day. Lord, so it starts tonight. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. And thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth for us. We ask it all in your precious name. Amen.
Would you please stand as we continue worship?
Let's thank God for that tonight, man. Wow. You may be seated. We are so glad that you're here this Christmas Eve. And I just want to take a few moments and just say thank you for coming. Isn't it a wonderful night so far? It's a wonderful afternoon at 55 degrees. You know, it doesn't feel like Christmas out there, but it is. It's here. Uh, as we get set up here, uh, Reagan Allen is going to be sharing on the harp again. Reagan is a senior in Ring- at Ringgold High School. Can we thank God for her tonight, man? I love this. I love this. She is going to bless your heart as she plays here tonight. But I, I just want to, uh, want to remind you, I know that many people come on Christmas Eve prepared to give a gift to the Lord. One of the things that we've done here at Crossroads for many years is uh, we've entitled it A Birthday Gift to Jesus. And what we do is we have taken a list of people around the world, missionaries, uh, some are some are the orphans. We're helping orphans over in Ecuador, in Haiti, in, uh, in Af- uh, Afghanistan. We're working with people. We're working with people all around the globe. And what we're doing is uh, some of them are orphans, some of them are missionaries. And as we give, so you bring your gift to the Lord tonight, um, we take those gifts and we give them out to all these people on the list. There are people from all over the world that we are ministering to. Last week we shared a video from... Uh, Daniel Gonzalez down in Ecuador. I was talking through email with, uh, with Daniel and Rebecca Behrens. Uh, uh, Rebecca's parents are here tonight. Uh, Rebecca grew up here in the church. She's, uh, they're out serving the Lord. They're doing some pretty powerful things for the Lord, working, working uh, among the people on the border towns there in Texas currently. Uh, there's other people that, uh, that we're supporting. Uh, we have John Fowler who grew up here in the church. He, was, he is now directing a ministry for a country uh, word of life in Panama. So there, there are many people in there that we are, we are sending these gifts to. And we set the goal at pretty high. This is our highest goal we ever set. This is $100,000. And so I want to show you what is, where we are at so far in our progress. We have received so far $73,000. Can we thank God for that? God is working. And so tonight I'd like to invite you, if you would like to give a gift to the birthday gift to Jesus offering, uh, you can do so. There's a, a receptacle offering box on the back wall in the auditorium just to my left through the main door. And then there's another one by the main door as you exit in the foyer. And uh, so you can just place them in, in there. We, we used to pass the offering plate, but post-COVID, we don't pass the offering plate, okay? But uh, we're so thankful that you're here. And if you're our guest here tonight, we say, hey, don't worry about giving to that, okay? Uh, but you, you are more than welcome to give. But we don't want anybody to feel an obligation to give because the church is not about money, amen? Uh, so, But many people do want to bring a gift to the Lord uh, as the wise men did. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so tonight, as you are thinking about that and you'd like to give a gift to the Lord, feel free to use those giving uh, boxes on the walls here in the auditorium. You can also give online. You can give through the mail. We want to thank everyone joining us online. Would you welcome everybody also who's joining us online today, all right? Let's thank God for our online group. And I know many people, there's, uh, there's still bugs and sickness running around out there right now, so a lot of people are still watching from home. And uh, we're glad that you're here today, though, for those that are live and those that are joining us online. So we want to thank God for all that he's doing. And as we give to the Lord, I want you to think about those missions, uh, the missionaries down in Haiti that are working with orphans down in Haiti, uh, the ones that are working in Panama, the ones that are working in 
um, just really all over the world. We have them in the Philippines, and you've heard a lot through our services on Sunday. And as we give to the Lord, I just want to pause and say thank you to the Lord before Reagan blesses us on the harp, all right? Let's go to the Lord. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you for your greatness. I thank you for the way that you have worked so mightily in our church, Lord. Thank you for our, our family and all of our guests here today, Lord. Uh, we, we know that you're doing something great as we come together and celebrate who you are and what you've done for us tonight. So, God, as we, as we open up our hearts and we open up our souls to you, I ask that you'll do something powerful in us. Lord, for the birthday gift of Jesus, we know that this has got to be at your hand, Lord. I ask you to be the provider, Lord, as we have, uh, we have been diligent to pray and to ask and to watch what you will do. Now, Lord, we just ask that you will supply. You are our supplier. You are our provider. So, God, as you provided the, the folks in our church family and, and our friends, Lord, as we give unto you, I pray that you will bless each gift and each giver and that you'll be honored and adored through the remainder of our service as we worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In your name we pray. Amen.
It's dark. The world lies in sin and error pining. The shadows are conspiring. But a light is coming. The Lord has been quiet for four centuries. The prophets are gone. There are no signs to see. It's silent. But let me tell you something. A voice is coming. The patriarchs are long dead. The judges were traded for a bunch of crowned heads. This monarchy, though, consistently failed and misled. No system is working. But there's a new king coming. Man's dead in religion. Legalism reigns. Ceremonial acts which are just simply profane. The law is not working. But a new covenant is coming. The people are defiling. The rituals God is despising. Even the priests are compromising. And the sin offerings, they're worthless sacrificing. Oh, but get ready, because a lamb is coming. The temple is a den of thieves. A brood of vipers are the Pharisees. Same too for the Sadducees. They don't even know. There's a new high priest coming. The nations are suffering. Evil is chuckling. And the faithful are left wondering, does God even care? Oh, let me tell you something. Emmanuel is coming. God's people desire a glorious king. The world is yearning for eternity. A perfect sacrifice each soul desperately needs. It's a silent night. But hope is in sight. The most precious gift God is bestowing. The Bethlehem star begins glowing. Let the good news start growing. A baby is coming. This 
Wow, what an incredible evening, isn't it? I should say afternoon. It's hard to think of Christmas Eve not being in the evening, isn't it? It's Christmas afternoon evening, right? We're so glad that you're here. Let's thank God for all of our friends up here that have been helping us, huh? What a wonderful, wonderful time. Tonight, I want to, uh, I want to encourage you with some really good news here. You know, Christmas is about, about a really, really good news and the good news I want to give you is that Christmas is about the greatest gift. You know, I'm holding here a gift, and I think you're going to be you're going to be doing some of this, aren't you? You're going to be taking some of your gifts, and you're going to be in share, sharing with, them with other people. You're going to give, you're going to receive, and you're going to open them. And some of them you're going to open up, and you're going to be like, "Oh, that's really nice. Thank you." What am I going to do with this, right? You know, do you ever do, you ever do that? Somebody give you a gift, and you're like, boy, I just don't know what to do with that gift, but I guess I'll, I'll just say thank you. And other, some of you are like, hey, that's really good, but could I exchange that, you know? You know? Uh, th- don't do that to Grandma. That's not a good thing to do to Grandma, right? Uh, and listen, as, as you get gifts, uh, what will happen is many times you'll get a lot of gifts, and you don't know what to do with them. And you say, well, I guess I could use that. And you'll start to, uh, you'll start to put all these gifts together. This here and, and this gift bag, this, by the way, is how I gift wrap. Isn't that cool? This is the greatest in, invention. My wife loves my gift wrapping. I put it in the bag and I go like this. And I am done. And I say, Merry Christmas. 
And uh, I think these are the, what, some of the greatest inventions uh, of gift wrap. But as, uh, as I look in here, what I've got in here, this, this is a gift that was actually something that we gave to my daughter whenever she was little. And, uh, what, and then whenever we, she ended up uh, going to a party here just a few weeks ago, it was a, uh, you know, the white elephant thing when you re-gift something. So she took what I gave her many years ago and she put it into this bag and that's how she wrapped. She learned from her dad. And so she took this and she went to the party and somehow these people opened it up and, and they got word that, uh, that I must have created a little bit of emotion in me, right? So with that little bit of emotion, they, they said, okay, we're going to give it back to you. So they gave me the gift back, right? And the gift, I come back, I come after church one day and there's this gift sitting on my desk and here it is. So I'm going to open up this gift. I'm going to show you what this is all right this here is a uh, it's a racquetball racket right and uh yeah a racquetball racket and 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 uh and inside there there's a pair of goggles and so my little daughter when she was about eight maybe nine years old she wanted to be a racquetball player and so she thought it was this is going to be really cool and so she was going to become the best racquetball player out there and so I took her down. We went down to the health club, and she started taking a few lessons. And she said, man, I can't wait. You know, I'm just, she was like so intense she was going to go after it. And, we, and that lasted about two weeks. And then she gave up on it. And, uh, and then this went into our basement. And this has been sitting there since uh, she was eight. She's now 25. It's been sitting there for all those years. So when she needed to go to a white elephant party where they re-gift all that stuff, she took what I gave her. And my heart was broken. So I came up and, and, you know, I saw her. I just happened to come home and she was running out the door. I said, what are you doing with that? She goes, I'm giving this away. I said, well, why would you give that away? I said, we have a lot of good memories of it. And I had like a little tear come down my face, you know. And so people thought that I was attached to the racket. I wasn't attached to the racket. I was just attached to yesterday. And, you know, isn't that true? Isn't that what happens at Christmas? We have memories of yesterday. Everybody remembers when your kids were little. Those are the greatest times. Uh, when your kids get big, it's fun too. It's just different fun, isn't it? You know. Um, and so as as times change, but you'll never forget those things and those those memories, the the, the things that they said, things that they did. And then I started uh, as as this gift came back, and and uh, those people were so kind to give it back. They thought I really wanted the racquetball. But let me tell you, there's probably some pre-COVID disease locked into there, right? Uh, there's probably something that we never knew about that's been sealed for 20 years in that thing. But I want you to catch this. What we quite often do is we get so wild on the gifts, don't we? And we have so much fun. And the gift giving is fun. I want to encourage you to do it. It's, it's really a lot of fun. It's a lot of joy. But here's what happens. I was going out the other day, and I, I started my Christmas shopping yesterday. And it was wonderful. And, you know, those people, they know me coming. I go in, and I see, like, you go into the store, and there's a mannequin. You know how they put, dress up those mannequins? Well, I'm colorblind. And I go, I say, could you give me that, what that lady's wearing there? No, not what that lady, that mannequin, what that mannequin's wearing. That, that'll look good on my wife, right? And of course it'll look good because it's on the mannequin. So my poor wife, all her clothes are from the mannequins. It's awesome, you know? But I went out there and, uh, and, and I go through and, and I did my shopping yesterday. And I started thinking, what did I get my wife last year for Christmas? And I'm thinking, I don't even remember what I got my wife last year for Christmas. 
And, and, and then I thought, well, what did I get her two years ago, three years ago? And, you know, the, the gifts that you, know, you go out, you're trying to get the gift that you need. And then, uh, then I started thinking back to whenever we first got married. You know, that was, isn't that the funnest year, your first year of marriage? And you're in, you know, you're all cozy and snuggly, you know. We're still snuggly. We're just not cozy. We're just snuggly now, right? You're all cozy and snuggly, and, and, and you got the ornament that says, first Christmas together, and, and I was thinking, I cannot remember for the life of me, 28 years ago, what I got my wife for our first Christmas together. Now, she probably remembers it. I mean, outside of me, I mean, I am quite the gift. That was the gift right there. She got me. What else did she need, right? So, so as you look at this, you look, there's a lot of gifts that we get that we don't need, but what I want to remind you is that Jesus came, and he came to this earth, and he is the gift that you need. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is all about the gift that you need. Like this whole thing, this whole celebration, we have all this. We take a whole month and we talk about Christmas. You take a whole month and there's poinsettias all over town. There's lights everywhere. There's, you know, we used to have snow, but no more snow this year. But you, you have all this fun stuff everywhere, right? And we're packing in and we're, and, and because we are looking to celebrate the greatest gift that you needed. And that's what I want to encourage you today. You needed Christmas. You needed the gift of Christmas. I need the gift of Christmas. And so what I want to do today is I want to share with you and give you a a little bit of hope tonight. I want to give you some peace tonight because I know as you're coming in here, everyone comes in and um, we come from all different backgrounds. But one thing's in common. We all remember yesterday. And part of yesterday we've carried some pain. And part of the pain that we're carrying is a lot of hurt and a lot of things that we need. Uh, we need to find the greatest gift that is the cure for all that today. And so I want to take you to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, this is, uh, I want to remind you, Luke was a doctor. And Luke, uh, Luke went and he compiled an eyewitness account. Look here at Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So remember, Luke is a, a doctor. So he, he basically, you go, go and read in Luke chapter 1, you will see that he went around and he got all the eyewitnesses to the, to the life of Jesus. He interviewed them and he compiled a record. And if you go read the book of Luke, you will see the record of the life of Jesus. So remember, a doctor, they're going to go through and they're going to get every detail. Thank God for doctors and details, right? When you go to a doctor, you want a doctor who knows the details. You want a doctor who's very thorough. And so he says here, it came to pass. Notice he doesn't say once upon a time. Once upon a time is how you start a fairy tale. This is not a fairy tale. He says, in those days, this is how it happened. And it came to pass that they were to go to this place. This was the census. Uh, the census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Verse 3. So all went to be registered, everyone to their own city. And Joseph, Joseph and Mary, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to, into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So here's Mary and Joseph. And as, as you know, you've heard the story, I'm sure, that they were betrothed to be married. They were engaged to be married. And all of a sudden, Mary comes down with a child. And the angel had told her that this child would be from God. This child was the son of God, and she tries to tell Joseph this. Joseph was going to be a good husband, and he was going to put her away. 
Uh, he wasn't going to make a public spectacle out of her. He thought, well, if she's pregnant and that's not my child, then, yeah, right, that's really God's child, right? And so Joseph, he goes up to Galilee. Now they are betrothed and be married. And so instead of putting her away, the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to him. And now they are going to, she's, he stays with her. And they go up to Bethlehem to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So I want you to catch it. Here's Mary. And, and this baby is ready to come. It's ready to go. This thing is rolling, right? So, continuing on, verse 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Uh, It was time. The 40 weeks of the pregnancy was up, right? It was time for her to have the baby. So she gets there. they're, They're registering. And she brought forth her firstborn son. This is Jesus. She brought her brought forth her firstborn son, Jesus, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And so what happened was there was, a, there was an inn and all these people were coming to Bethlehem. And, and so every place is full. Everything is taken up. There's no extra place to stay because all these people had to come in for the census taking. And so as they went into, into Bethlehem for the census taking, here comes Mary and Joseph. She's ready to have a baby. And, and can you imagine being pregnant and riding a donkey? Could you just imagine that? You know, could you imagine being pregnant riding a horse or a camel or your dog? I don't know. I mean, just imagine being pregnant and, and going through this journey that she goes on. And she brings forth her firstborn son and wraps him in swaddling clothes. So the innkeeper said, hey, you can have this room in the back. It's really not a room. It's where we keep the animals. I guess, you know, you, are, you do have a, a baby on the way, so I hope you don't have the baby. But go ahead in the back there and hang out there. And you go hang out there, and, uh, and the Scripture says she brought forth. She gave birth to the son Jesus, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Now, swaddling clothes, the, these, were, these were like little strips that you would use to, um, to take care of a baby lamb. And isn't it interesting because Jesus was known as the Lamb of God. And so they would take the, the baby lamb and they, they, would, they, they would know that these would be the, the lambs that were spotless, without blemish, that they would, that they would help and, and make it to the point where they could be sacrificed for their worship. And here's Jesus. And so he comes. He's wrapped up in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger. A manger is just a feeding trough. Imagine that. Here's the place where the sheep eat. Here's the place, uh, the place where the cattle eat. And so they, they take the food out of there, the sloppy, nasty food. They hold the animals back. They put a little bit of hay in there, and they make a nice little bed for the newborn baby because there was no room for them in the end. Continuing on, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, watching over their flock by night. And suddenly... Uh, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Could you imagine? Here's just a few shepherds out there, and they're, they're watching their, shop, uh, their, their sheep. It's, it's normal, everyday life. This is the way it is, day in and day out. They're out there in the cold. They're waiting. They're watching their sheep, keep making sure none of them escape, making sure nobody comes in to harm them. And, and all of a sudden, this angel appears to them. 
Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so here, imagine the angel up there, and the angel is lighting up the sky. I always say this is the first light-up night. You know, you go to light-up night in Pittsburgh, this was the very first light-up night. The angels come, and they light up the sky and says, listen, for unto you is born a Savior. This is the Savior. That's the gift that you need, a Savior. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And folks, I want you to catch this. That's why Jesus came, to give you peace. This world offers anything but peace, doesn't it? Would you say that 2020 and 21 were peaceful years? No, you wouldn't. You'd say this is the most upheaval we've seen in our lifetime. And Jesus came, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Do you realize that Jesus came so that you can have peace with God while you're still on earth? Did you catch that? Peace with God while you're still on earth. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Continuing on. So it was that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Hey, let's go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they did. They came, they made haste, and they... They found Mary and Joseph. They went into Bethlehem. They found Mary and Joseph, and they found the babe lying in a manger. Now, I want you to catch this because Luke is telling you that, hey, this actually happened. They heard the angel, and then they went over. So this happened over here in Bethlehem. These people are out. They're in the fields. They're watching this. And then all of a sudden, they go over, and they find the baby. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And they told them, they told his parents, they told Mary and Joseph, they told the people at the manger. All those that heard it, they were marveled by these things which were told them by the shepherds. Could you imagine, you know, you've ever had a child? Isn't that a joyous time? You know, when you have that baby? I'll never forget, man, when we had our little Carice. She's now 25. She's not little anymore, right? We had our little baby and we're at the hospital. And, you know, you're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, visitors show up. And what do they do? They bring you gifts, blankets, all kind of fun stuff, right? The shepherds, they go over, and it was this joyous occasion. They said, hey, we've never met you, Mary and Joseph, but you won't believe this. The sky lit up. It was light-up night. And as angels sang and, and the chorus sang, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Like this was the fulfillment of God's promise. For 4,000 years God had promised that he would send a Savior. And, and, and they, finally, they finally come. Jesus comes and he comes in the form of a, a baby. 
Like he, he's a little baby and, and he's born of a virgin birth. His mom's a virgin. He's born of the virgin birth and he comes in and into this world. He's placed in this feeding trough. And it's like, wow. The shepherds come in and tell him this whole story. But Mary, she kept all these things in her heart. You know, that's what moms do. Did you ever notice that? If you're a mom, you, I, and listen, I'm a dad, not a mom, right? But you know that's what happens, isn't it? Moms, you keep those things. You have those memories. You remember when your kid took his first steps? You remember when your kid got off the binky? You remember when your kid was potty trained? Mary remembers all that about Jesus. Mary pondered this. Could you imagine? Like, I remember the first week, all those people come to visit. Mary, she remembers it too. She remembers all these shepherds. And what a glorious moment this was when the shepherds and, and they're coming around there. Then the shepherds, they return. They go back to where they call them, glorifying God and praising, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. The next verse there, 21, they went back to their home and they spread the good news. And what I want to do tonight is I want to encourage you with this fact that this Jesus, this is not a a story. It's his story. And it's actual history. This stuff actually happened. Jesus actually came. He left all the portals of heaven. And why did he come? Because he is the greatest gift. He is the gift that you need. And you know what? Many times you open up a gift and you say, I don't think I need that. Let me tell you, you may not understand how much you need the gift of Jesus tonight. But let me share with you, John 3.16, this tells us about the gift. Would you read it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, Jesus came so that you will not perish, but have everlasting life. That means God came to give you life that lives forever. Oh, yes, we will all die. It's a point on demand once to die, and that's because of our sin. The Scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glorious standard of God. Uh, And the the scripture says that the soul that sins, it must die. So listen, we have sinned. We've offended a holy God. And so I want you to think, you may think I'm a pretty good person, but let me tell you, you have sinned. Whether it's one sin, ten sins, five sins. You have sinned. You have offended a holy God. I have sinned. I have offended a holy God. But God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. He sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, I want you to look at this verse here. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says this. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Read it with me. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. When Mary had that baby, the angels were proclaiming it. The wise men come from far. It was the indescribable gift. They're speechless. And folks, you know why we're speechless? Because God loved me. And I cannot understand why God loves me. You know, 
when you think about love, you think of, you think of human love. But let me tell you, God loves you with no strings attached love. As a matter of fact, over in the book of Ephesians 3.18, says this. Look at this. It says, and may you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of God is. I want you to think about this. How wide is the love of God? How long is it? How high? How deep? Like when this baby came, it's the greatest gift. And he was bringing you wide love, long love, high love, and deep love. This was the God who's bringing it. And the Apostle Paul says here, may you have the power to understand. And he continues on and says, may you, may you experience this love. May you experience the love of Christ. And I think maybe for you tonight, many people have said, I know that God loves me, but you haven't felt it. Maybe you haven't experienced the love of God. And let me tell you, what's it, what's it, you, know, you, you look at this, how long is the love of God? Well, let me tell you, the love of God is long enough to last forever. Will you read that with me? God's love is long enough to last forever. You know, we live in a world where people say, I love you pretty easy, don't they? But then, you know what happens in human love? Human love doesn't always last forever, does it? And at Christmas time, for many, there's a memory there. Uh, Maybe today you are saying, man, I'm missing a loved one. And there's many people in this church tonight that there's a tear shed because you're missing a loved one. And you love them. Let me tell you, God's love is long enough to last forever. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that his love is so long that he takes our sins and he, as far as the east is from the west, he forgives our sins. That's a powerful God, isn't it? And so God's love lasts forever. I want you to think about that because in your life you, you may have had a broken relationship. You may have had the loss of a loved one. You may be thinking about the different, different things when love didn't work out. It could be a relationship that is just broken. Let me tell you, God's love is long enough to last forever in your life. How wide is God's love? Well, let me tell you how wide his love is. It's wide enough to be everywhere. It's wide enough to be everywhere. In other words, that you cannot escape the love of God. And you say, well, you know, his arms are open wide for me, but, but sometimes I feel alone. And I want to remind you, the, the psalmist uh, David, he said this. He said in Psalm 139, he said, I cannot run away from his presence. I cannot escape the presence of God. God's love is wide enough to be everywhere that you are. How deep is the love of God? Well, let me show you how deep it is. It's deep enough to handle anything. Read that with me. God's love is deep enough to handle anything. This past few years have been pretty deep, haven't they? And in your life, you've had other circumstances more than what is on TV. And it's been pretty deep. I want you to know that God's love is so deep it can handle anything. No matter where you've been, or where you think you're going, God's love is deeper than any place you've ever been. It's deeper than any problem you've ever faced. How high is the love of God? He says, I want you to experience the love of God. God's love is high enough to overcome every barrier. And you know what? Many people have a barrier to God's love. Here's the barrier that many people have to God's love. I've been hurt. Listen, folks. Hurt hurts, doesn't it? 
It just hurts. Nobody likes to be hurt. Nobody likes to, nobody enjoys pain. And listen, for many people, you've been hurt by a, a friend. You've been hurt by a, a job situation. Maybe you've been even been hurt by the church. And I want to tell you this. God's love is high enough to overcome every barrier in your life. Maybe you're experiencing some guilt for decisions that you've made yesterday. And there's guilt and there's pain over all that. Let me tell you, God's love is high enough and it will overcome every barrier that you have to God. And I want you to experience that. And you see, that's what, the, what Paul said there. He said, I want you to experience the love of God. And so how do we experience that love of God? Listen, over in John 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Oh, I love what the scripture says here. Um, you know, when you're thinking about this, this little baby that came to the earth. Now, check this out. The little baby that came to the earth. Why is it that, that we get all excited about this little baby that came to the earth? Because this little baby is God. He is the invisible, he is the visible expression of the invisible God. We see that in the scripture. The, invi- the visible expression of the invisible God. And that's who he is. And so when we come and we worship him, we are worshiping God. Because this little baby, if it was, listen, if it was just a cute manger scene and everybody brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and we felt good and warm fuzzies, it would be over and there would be nothing more to the story. We wouldn't be here tonight. We're here tonight because this was the rescue plan of God. He said, I promise you, and I send my one and only son, the son of God, Jesus, come to the earth and paid for your sin. Christ, the visible image of the invisible God. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrated his love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I told you about the bad news earlier was our sin separates us from a holy God. Well, the good news is that God didn't just say, I love you. You know, God didn't just send an angel. Could you imagine that if God sent an angel down? Oh, he just sent an angel and tell us he loved him. No, no. God said, I'm going to prove my love. And he proves his love by going all the way to the cross. So this little baby that was born grows up and lives a perfect life, never once sins, never once tells a lie, never once says a cuss word. He goes straight to the cross and he pays the price for your sin. He was the only perfect son of God, the only one who could pay your sin because the soul that sinneth it must die. And Jesus goes up on the cross and he pays for your sin and he is buried. And three days later, he rose from the grave. And he says this in his word. He says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved from the punishment of your sin. Folks, I want to invite you today to let Christ into your heart. I want to invite you to trust him that he died on the cross. He paid for your sin. That this Christmas, that yes, while we celebrate his his beginning here on earth, He always was. He was present at creation. He is the light. If you will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that that little baby who was born, grew up and lived a perfect life, died on the cross, paid for your sin, was buried and rose again, God says you will have eternal life. He says it like this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God. 
Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name. And you know, I talk to a lot of people. They tell me that they believe. It's up here in their head. But I want to tell you, not many have received. This gift, if, if this were a gift you really wanted, <laughs> and this were under your tree, could you imagine? Here's a, here's a million dollars in this sack. Huh? Wouldn't that be cool? Who wants it now? And if you just left that million dollars under your tree, you know, that's what we do. We put the gifts under there. But tomorrow morning, we're ripping every piece of paper off of them. And you're going to do the same. Many people just look at the gift. God says, I want you to not just know there's a gift. I want you to open your heart. And I want you to open the gift and receive the gift. And so today, I want to invite you to receive the gift. This is the gift that you need. There's no other gift that you need more than Jesus. That's why he came to the cross. That's why he paid for your sin. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, if if that's you, you say, Pastor Ken, I'd like to trust Jesus. I'd like to open my heart and and trust him that he died on the cross. He paid for my sin. and, And I want to make that personal today. I want to invite him into my life. If that's you, you want to you want to do what the scripture says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you tonight, would you just pray with me? I'm going to pray a short prayer and I want to ask you to repeat it after me. You can repeat it out loud or you can repeat it quietly in your heart. Uh, it's not the words of the prayer that matter. It's the attitude of your heart, your trust in Christ, that he died on the cross and that he paid for your sins. So right now, whether you're watching us online, there are many online tonight, many in the building. As you open your heart to God, would you pray something like this? Dear Lord Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. You are the gift that I need. Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You rose again. And I invite you into my life. Jesus, I want your peace. I know that's why you came. So that I could have peace with you here on earth. And if you just pray that prayer with me tonight, I want to encourage you on the way out the door in just a few moments. We're going to be leaving. And when we dismiss, I have a little booklet it's entitled, The Light of the World. I want to encourage you to pick one up. I have, there'll be people stationed by every door. They're going to hold this book out high. And I want you just to take one out of their hand as a symbol that you have trusted Christ tonight. Nobody will ask your name. You don't have to fill out anything. Just take one of these little books and go home and read it. It is the eyewitness account of the life of Jesus. Take it as a, as a symbol of your faith and do that tonight. Father God, I pray you'll be with each one here, Lord. Many people made decisions tonight. God, we thank you for this holy night that we celebrate, this, this, this wonderful night, the silent night. We thank you for the first Noel, Lord. See, Come and see what God has done. So, Lord, as we have gathered around and we're saying, Lord, we want to see what you have done, just like those shepherds did. They came to see what you have done. Lord, as we are celebrating, we come to see what you have done. 
But, Lord, we see it in the hearts. Many people in here tonight have trusted you. God, I thank you for that. We rejoice with you that you have opened many hearts in this room and online. In your name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Come and see what God has done. As we can as we cancel, as we close our service, right? We're not canceling nothing. We're closing our service. I'm going to ask everyone to please take your candle out at this time. And we are going to, we're, 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 what we're going to do is we're going to start with this candle and the light is going to spread around the whole auditorium. I want to remind you that Jesus said that he is the light of the world. That's why he came. And so as, as he came, just like the shepherds, they went back and they spread the light. So the light must begin with Jesus. And so tonight as we take our candles and we share the light one by one, each one of you go tell and say, come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see what he has done. And as you do this, the, the light spreads. And in just a few moments, this dark room is going to be filled with light. And that's what God wants to do with our world. So as they come down and they, they light your candle, I wanted to encourage you to lean next to each other and light the next candle. And soon this room will be filled with the light. And that's what God did when he came. He came so that you might have life. Let's sing together, Silent Night. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin.
Let's lift those candles up nice and high. Wow, look around the room. Look at the light everywhere. And this was a totally dark place, and now the light is spread because that's what God does. You know, God gets a hold of your life, and right now you may say, it's been a dark year. God gets into your life. He turns the light on, and pretty soon you can see. And then people see that you can see, and the light spreads. So I want to encourage you, save this candle. Take, you, know, you can throw it away on your way out if you want to do that. But I want to encourage you, take it home as a memory of the light that's got to spread. At this point, I'm going to ask everyone to please let's extinguish our candles. And I want to just say thank you for coming tonight. If you prayed with me tonight, this is the little book, The Light of the World. On your way out, several people will be holding them. And I've asked them to hold their hand out like this. Uh, All I want you to do is to take it out of their hand and nothing else. Take it home and read it about Jesus. Hey, we want to thank you for coming. Hasn't it been great to be here today? We'll be here Sunday at 9.30 and 11. Thanks for joining us tonight. God bless you and have a Merry Christmas.
beginning to the end of days. Those words I've heard all my life, and its truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. 'Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life, and I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good to be true, but yet it is. I don't think my job is done. 